going to look at that word now, continuing our study of the book of Isaiah. And today's selection is Isaiah 40, 27 through 31. Why do you say, O Jacob, and speak, O Israel, my way is hidden from the Lord, and my right is disregarded by my God? Have you not known? Have you not heard? The Lord is the everlasting God, the creator of the ends of the earth. He does not faint or grow weary. His understanding is unsearchable. He gives power to the faint. And to him who has no might, he increases strength. Even you shall faint and be weary, and young men shall fall exhausted. But they who wait for the Lord shall renew their strength. They shall mount up with wings like eagles. They shall run and not be weary. They shall walk and not faint. The word of the Lord. Let's pray. Father, as years pass on, it is easy for us to become weary. So Holy Spirit, I pray today that you would empower Pastor Steve as he shares what your word has to say about renewing our strength and being able not just to walk on, but to soar. To the glory of your name, amen. Please be seated. Thanks, Bob. So, 2018, tomorrow, what's it going to be like, do you think? I was uh, in Schuler's bookstore yesterday, and I started looking through a book called The Worst Case Scenario, Survivopedia. So, how to survive worst-case scenarios. This, so this might be really helpful information, good book for you to get for 2018, possibly. Like, uh, there was something in there on how to survive an asteroid falling out of the sky. So that's something to think about. How to sur- survive an erupting volcano. How to survive a polar bear attack. It says something about being trying to be bigger than the bear. Look, look like you're bigger than the bear. How to survive a plummeting elevator. Now, there's something for you to think about this year. And here's three tips on how to survive a plummeting elevator. Number one is don't jump. Okay, so if you're thinking that you're going to time your jump just at the time it's going to, don't do that, it says. It's better to lie flat on the floor of the elevator. And then cover your face and your head. So keep that in mind as you enter elevators in 2018. So we, we, don't, know, we don't know what's going to happen this year, do we? But I do know that bad things will happen. Happy New Year. <laughs> I mean, they will, right? I mean, what if... What if Bad things happen. What do we do? And, and of course, it, it will. Bad things will happen 
in one way or another, bad things will happen. Something bad is going to happen to you. It's not the way Oral Roberts used to say it many years ago, but something bad is going to happen to you. And how are you going to handle it? How am I going to handle it? It may be little bad things, or it may be big bad things. I mean, death or disease or loss or the big things, right? But either way, how are we going to handle it? Well, that's exactly what Isaiah 40 is talking about. Now, we just have come off of the servant songs. We've been in Isaiah for five weeks, for four weeks, well, five weeks. And so I thought I would just keep it going for one more week uh, as we have this kind of uh, in-between sermon as we start to move into our next series dealing with uh, our missions expo. But in the last half of the book of Isaiah, the prophet tells the people of Israel, something bad is going to happen to you. Now, specifically in this case, it was because of their sin. And Isaiah was telling them, you are going to go into captivity in Babylon. You're going to be forced out of your homes, out of your land, out of the things that you know, and you're going to have to go, and you are going to have to live in a foreign land. You're going to have to live a place far away from home. It's going to be a bad year, actually 70 bad years for you, Israel. So in our text today, Isaiah is speaking to them. He's speaking to the people as if the captivity has already taken place, even though it hasn't taken place yet. So he addresses them as a people who are living in exile, and who are somehow trying to cope with that situation, which is a very bad situation for these people. So the prophet gives them words on how to survive when things go bad or, or badly. I did a little grammar check on that for those of you who are wondering how that should be, bad or badly, and I think either is okay. It has to do with whether it's action or whether it's descriptive or whatever, but relax, either of them is okay, all right? So how to survive when things go bad. Uh, it's a very, I think this is a very fitting message for us being on the eve of a new year because at some point, it's going to happen. Things will go bad. So the question is, how do I make it through? Now the answer from Isaiah seems to be, soar like an eagle. It's like, I guess the message seems to be, soar like an eagle. You can do it. You're a winner. I believe I can fly. I believe I can touch the sky. I think about it every night and day. I spread my wings and fly away. Are you feeling it? Are you inspired like in the, in the spirit of R. Kelly and Space Jam? Are you feeling that? Just fly it. Do it. Be it. That's all there is to it. Are you feeling this? Are you getting... Does that work for you? 
And is that going to work for you on your best day? Or your, is it going to work for you on your worst day? Just soar. That's going to work for you when, if you lose your job, sorry about your job, soar, brother, soar. Is that going to work for you when you, when you have a loss, you lose a friend, a spouse, when you're diagnosed with cancer, when you face some kind of disappointment or rejection or whatever, whatever it is, so well, just soar like an eagle. It's okay. Soar like an eagle. Is that what Isaiah 40 is about? I mean, this is just like something that you, that you put on, on a poster or on a coffee mug or on your refrigerator magnet. Soar like an eagle. Really? Really? I mean, is that, is that a good answer for us? Well, let's see what Isaiah has to say in this chapter. So turn to your notes. Title of the message, How to Soar Through a Bad Year. And notice in your outline, there's three points this morning. Point number one is going to be the wrong way to do it. And point number two and three are the right ways to do it. So point number one, you ready? When things go bad, fill in the blank here. When things go bad, blame God. When things go bad, blame God. Now the Lord has already told Israel that they were going to be captives and that they would be facing difficult days. And yet Israel would not understand God, so in their bad days and in their discouragement, what would they do? They would blame God. Look at verse 27, Isaiah 40, verse 27. Why do you say, O Jacob, and speak, O Israel, my way is hidden from the Lord and my right is disregarded by my God. Now, that's not an unusual response, is it? I mean, when things go wrong, it, the problem is with God. That's, that's a very typical response. Something goes wrong, where's God? Where's God in this? Either God doesn't know what's going on, or he doesn't care. He is, he's blind to what's going on. Or he's out of town, or he's busy with something else. I mean, obviously he's running the whole world, and so he's, he's taking care of other things and not taking care of me. I am, a, I am a low priority. He doesn't care about me. My, or my, my problem is like a, is a low-level, minor problem. Or maybe, maybe I'm in the doghouse with God. Maybe he's mad at me, I did something wrong, and so now something bad. Well, whatever, whatever it is, the problem is with God. Because he's not taking care of my bad situation. Now, in verse 27, Isaiah is questioning this approach in dealing with your life that is filled with bad days. He is saying, rather than blame God, there is a better way. So point number one, when things go bad, blame God. Point number two, when things go bad, go to God's school. Go to God's school. Verse 28. 
have you not known? Have you not heard? Isaiah is telling his people, he's saying, he's saying, you are, you are God's people. Out of, all the, out of all the nations of the world, you are God's people. God has chosen you. He has chosen to reveal himself to you. If anybody should know about God, it should be you, Israel. You have seen what God has done. You have heard the things that God have done, has done. He has delivered you out of Egypt. He has delivered you out of captivity. He has come to you and he sent ten plagues to, to rescue you. He's divided the Red Sea. He caused the Egyptian army to, to drown, the one who's chasing after you. He has fed you and led you through the wilderness. He has given you the Ten Commandments to show you how to live. He has taught you again and again about himself through the words of the prophets. You of all people should know him. You should know him by now. Have you not known? Have you not heard? You need to go back to school. You need to go to God's school. You need a refresher course on the things that you should know about God. So in verses 28 and 29, Isaiah offers God's school like a, a refresher course or a, or a crash course. Do you, you kids know what a crash course is? A crash course is when you have to learn uh, a number of things that are really important and you have to learn them really fast because you have a need here and you need to, you need to learn these things real quick. So it's not like a long school, it's like a real quick and fast school. Okay, so that's, a, that's what we have here. It's kind of a crash course. And the course, as according to your notes here, the course has five lessons and a bonus lesson. Okay, five lessons and a bonus lesson. Are you with me? You ready? Ready to go to God's school? Okay, five quick crash course lessons as we enter 2018. Five things that you need to know when you face really bad things this year. Have you not known? Have you not heard? Lesson number one. The Lord is the everlasting God. Lesson one, the Lord is the everlasting God. Now, your, your, your 2018 will have 365 days, maybe. And if you lived 90 years, that is 32,850 days. But the Lord is everlasting. So here are the days of your years, or here are the days of your whole life. The Lord is everlasting. That's supposed to give us some perspective. We are supposed to look at our life and at our day and at our days and then look at him and get some perspective. God's school lifts your eyes beyond yourself, beyond your limitations, beyond your own current, finite, temporary pain and struggle and discouragement and disappointment and hopelessness. It lifts us beyond that and it lifts our eyes to one who has no limitations. 
to the one who is the eternal one, the everlasting God. Got that? Lesson one. Lesson two. Have you not known, have you not heard? The Lord is the creator of the ends of the earth. On your worst days, think about your worst days. What do you run out of? You run out of money. You run out of time. You run out of patience. You run out of energy. You run out of control. You run out of your, your abilities. You just sometimes just run out of gas. The Lord is the creator and the source of all resources. Every, every thing is in his command. Everything. Let there be light, light. Let there be a day, day. Let there be gold, gold. Silver, silver. Gnats, gnats. Frogs, frogs, hail, hail, boils, boils. Let there be manna, manna. Everything, everything at his command. Got that? Lesson two. Lesson three. Have you not known? Have you not heard? The Lord does not faint or grow weary. Now, this one... This attribute kind of strikes at the heart of the passage because this passage is really about getting tired and weary and faint. And this prophecy, remember, is directed to a people who are, they are close to giving up. They are being weighed down by the discouragement of not living in their own homes, not living in their own city, being in a faraway place, being under the rule of someone else, having things out of their own control, the hopelessness of being, of being captives, of being stuck in their situation. These people were coming to the end of themselves, the end of their hope, the end of their strength, and of their independence, and of their resources. So they were beginning to get weary, and just to run down. And what they would need would be something outside of themselves, something outside of themselves to revive them. That's what they would need. But the Lord is not like that. He doesn't faint at all. He doesn't grow weary. He is, he, he does not depend upon any outside resources like we do. He never comes to the end of himself. He never comes to the end of his own resources. What, what did we sing earlier? Not wanting nor wasting, Right? It's just right. I mean, he always has enough. He always has the resources that he needs. Theologians speak of the term 
They talk about the self-existence of God. Have you heard of that? He is self-existent. He has everything that he will ever need within himself. Do you get that? Is that you? That's not you. That's him. He has everything that he needs within himself. John 5, 26 says, The Father has life in himself. The everlasting creator, self-existent God, never wears out, even a little bit. Never runs down, even a little bit. The needle never goes toward empty. God's school lesson number four. Have you not known, have you not heard? The Lord's understanding is unsearchable. You ever run out of answers? <laughs> you gonna run out of answers this year? Are you gonna run into situations in which you go, oh, "Wow, I mean, uh, what am I supposed to do about this?" Now, it may be something as small as, you know, a, a plumbing problem. <laughs> what do I do with this? Or maybe huge things. It may be huge things in your life in which you are facing, in which you're going to go, I don't know what to do. I mean, what am I, what am I supposed to do? I, I have no idea what to do. But not so with the Lord. He is not that way. He is the all-wise God. Nobody understands my situation. Nobody, nobody, nobody knows what I'm really going through. Nobody knows what, what I'm thinking. Nobody really knows me. Not so. The Lord understands you altogether, the psalmist says. He understands you perfectly. And on the other hand, you may say, and I don't understand God. And I don't understand, I don't understand what he's doing or why he's doing that or why he's not doing this. I don't understand. Right. Because his understanding is unsearchable. He is beyond you and me. Lesson five. We're going to skip lesson five for now. We'll come back to it. But let's go to the bonus lesson. The bonus lesson. Now, the, the previous five lessons were about God. But the bonus lesson is about us. Okay? Verse 30, even youths shall faint and be weary, and young men shall fall exhausted. Now, with this, we're supposed to feel the contrast. God is the all-wise, all-powerful, all-creative, all-the-time one. He's that. But I am not. And that's the bonus lesson. I am not like that. On my very best day, I can lose it. On my very best day, I can be faint and weary and get worn out and exhausted. I mean, I could be on the top of the world at this point, and, and minutes later, I can be the bottom of the world. Verse 30 says... Even young men 
fall exhausted. Now, this is from the Hebrew word bahur, which means, it means select or chosen. So it's talking about the chosen men. These are like the, these are like the Olympic qualifiers. These are, the, these are the top achievers. These are the ones who, who, these are the peak performers. These are the ones who are at the top of their game. Right? The LeBron James. You know, the guy, guys like that that are, that, are, that are young. Well, he's getting older, but young guys that are strong and, and powerful and at, at the top of their game. And yet, yet sometimes... They're not playing. They, they, they miss a game. You know, Steph Curry, the top of his game. And where is he in the Olympics? Oh, he's, he's injured. Huh? Right? I, a, a number of years ago, I trained for a marathon. And so maybe when I was training for that marathon, maybe I was in maybe my best shape. I don't know. I may have been able to run 20, 23, 24 miles, you know, like that. But then when it comes to the marathon, the 24th and the 25th and the 26th mile, no matter who you are, no matter what, how young you are, how good a shape you're in, those last miles are brutal and you feel the exhaustion. And we all know what exhaustion feels like, don't we? Whether it be physical or mental or spiritual or social or emotional or all of the above, we all know what it's like. Moms with small kids to feel exhausted. And we're going to feel it. It's going to come in 2018. And maybe some of you are entering 2018 that way. Maybe you are entering the new year exhausted. So, are you just tired listening? Thinking about it, aren't you? So, when things go bad, what do we do? Now we're going to go back to lesson five before we go on to the third point, okay? So back to lesson five. Remember, the Lord is the everlasting God, the creator of the ends of the earth. He does not grow faint or grow weary. His understanding is unsearchable. Now that's wonderful that he is that way, but what difference does it make if he's out there, what difference does it make if he's wonderful and powerful and always vibrant and never faints and is always wise? What difference does it make if he's all of those things, but he's out there and here I am, weary and faint and confused and at the end of myself and running out of gas and, and discouraged and exhausted plus sinful. So what difference does it make if he's got that and I've got this? Lesson 5, have you not known, have you not heard? Verse 29, now get this. Are you with me, verse 29? Second word, what is it? He what? He gives. He gives power to the faint, and to him who has no might, he increases strength. He gives, and that's personal. 
that the giving, that suggests a personal exchange. You have to, basically, you have to come close to someone to really give to them, and that's what he does. The everlasting gives to the finite. The powerful gives to the weary. The unsearchably wise gives to the clueless. He gives. How does he give to us? How does he do that? Well, to these people of Israel in captivity, he promises to give them a deliverer and a savior. And to us, he has given us a savior. God so loved the world, he gave his only son. Tim Keller tweeted last week this, at Christmas, God punched a hole between the ideal and the real, the eternal and the temporal, and came into our world. Eternal power, eternal power personally entered into a weak and exhausted world. Jesus died on the cross to forgive the sin which is the source of all of our weariness. So what do we do when things go bad? Number one, blame God, wrong answer. Number two, go to God's school, the right answer. Number three, when things go bad, use your wings. Use your wings. Verse 31 but, get the contrast here, but they who wait for the Lord shall renew their strength. They shall mount up with wings like eagles. They shall run and not be weary. They shall walk and not faint. Mount up with wings, with wings like eagles. Now, we get that imagery, don't we? I mean... There are lots of birds that fly over our heads through the course of a day, right? A lot of birds that are up there, and you don't even notice them. But when you see an eagle, what do you do? I mean, when you see an eagle, I mean, you see birds, you go, oh, yeah, the birds. But they go, oh, oh, look at that. Oh, look, look. there's an eagle. Why, why do we do that? Why, why do we do that? They're big, okay? The wings. Those wingspans, six, seven feet. Not just that, but the soaring, right? You go, oh, wow. We watch the, and it, it's gliding through the sky. On your bad days, do you feel like that? You feel like an eagle? Isaiah is saying, live beyond your strength live like you have wings soar is that for real is that a joke isn't that just coffee mug inspiration stuff but the point is the power is not in ourselves but what it's telling us is that the power can be put on. 
The power can be put on. The word, the word renew here, it means to exchange or to change into. It means to put on new strength or to put on a different strength. That's what it's telling us. Not something that you have yourself, but put on a different strength. Put on wings that you don't even have. So we put on strength. We put on soaring power. And then how do we do that? By waiting for the Lord. Oh, that's the answer? That's the answer. By waiting for the Lord. It is an exercising of faith. I mean, part of what this is saying here, when it says mount up your wings, it's mounting up your wings is just going, that's all it is. It's just mount them up, just like stretch them out. That's, that's all it is. This is an exercising of faith. And it's not faith in faith. It's not faith in your faith. It's not faith in your being inspired to fly. It's not, it's not faith in your ability to be able to think that you can fly. It's not even faith in eagle's wings. You see, because wings, wings are worthless. Wings are worthless if, if, if there's no lift and if there's no air. Wings won't do you any good without that. It's not in the wings. The power is not in waiting on the Lord. It's not in your ability to wait on the Lord. The power is not in your ability to believe. The power is in the powerful one. The one who is life-giving. The one who has resurrection power. That's where it is. So point number two in your outline and point number three are both needed. They both go together. Knowledge and faith. Knowing and waiting. So where does faith come from? Faith cometh by what? What? Hearing. And hearing from the word of God. Faith cometh by hearing and hearing from the word of God. Have you not known? Have you not heard? But it's not knowing about God. See, God, God's school is not about learning about God. It's not knowing about God. It is knowing Him. That is so important that we make the distinction between learning about God and knowing about God and knowing Him. Knowing Him and then waiting and believing on Him and then soaring in His power. The Apostle Paul, he's a guy who got it right. He knew what Isaiah was talking about. He was, Paul was one who, who described himself, you know, he had power, he had influence, he had confidence. You know, he was, he was the guy. And yet, looking at all of those things that he had, he said, all of that is counted as loss. Paul said, what I really want is to know Christ and the power of his resurrection. 
something that was outside of himself and his abilities. Ten years ago today, ten years ago today was my last day of employment with a company that I've been with for 25 years. Last day, December 20, December 31st, 2007. Very unexpected job loss. It was a bad day. Now what? The unsearchably wise God met me in my confusion. The creator of the ends of the earth brought his life into my dead-end situation, as it seemed. The everlasting God came to me and entered into my limitations. He caused me to wait upon him. And he put lift and air under wings that I could barely even mount up. Christ Church, entering 2018, Jesus knows about bad days. He knows, he personally knows about worst case scenario days, doesn't he? And he has entered into them and he's conquered them all and he controls them all and he will walk us through Every one of those days. Let's believe that. Let's believe that together. Let's pray. Oh Lord, help us as we enter into a new year. Oh Father, show us our weakness. Show us our limitations. Cause us to know you more clearly. To love you more dearly to follow you more nearly every day as we enter into this new year. Help us not to put our faith in our faith. Help us not to put our faith in our, in our, our strength. Help us to put our faith in this God that's been described to us in this revelation of yourself. May you be glorified as we enter into this new year that you have given us. In Christ's name, amen. Let's stand together.